Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you for listening to another episode of Season 5 of the Firetime Podcast. And like I always say, I'm excited about this one, but a huge reason for that is because we have two returning guests to the show. We're joined today by Tim Rethlake, the man, the myth, the legend, and Jenny Foreman as well. TR's been on a number of episodes that we've had. Most recently was back when we talked about step seven of our sales process, gratitude. And Jenny was on earlier in an episode titled, Why She Buys. And she gave us just some amazing, insight to think about when trying to reach female consumers. Well, in today's episode, our subject that we're talking about is incidence rate or IR. And you might be tempted to think, well, I can just skip this because I'm a retailer in the middle of Nebraska that doesn't deal with new construction track homework. And I'm telling you, don't fall for that lie. This conversation is relevant to everybody. So incidence rate, I'll define the term is the percentage of fireplaces that are being installed into new construction homes. That's what it is. So if 10 new construction homes are built and six of them have fireplaces, that is a 60% incidence rate. Now, of those six homes that have fireplaces, if you have all of them, then you have 100% market share. So market share is based on incidence rate. But incidence rate is telling us of what's being constructed, how many opportunities is our industry getting? Now, it's possible for an incidence rate to go over 100% because one house could have two fireplaces. So you could actually have a 200% incidence rate. The reason this is important is over the last 15 years, we have seen incidence rates in fireplaces in a free fall, in a free fall. We're going to talk about this, but basically if you go back about 15 years and fast forward to today, we saw incidence rates as high as close to 60% and they basically plummeted to close to 40% now. And what this means is that Every single year, as more houses are being built, there are literally hundreds of millions of dollars that our industry used to capture that now they don't. So you might think, well, this only affects big companies like HHT or Napoleon or IHP, you know, companies that offer products for all levels of new construction homes, right? Entry level, move up, and luxury. But this actually affects everybody for a number of reasons. Number one, because it means that when it comes time to remodel that house and get rid of that entry-level builder-grade fireplace, there's never been a fireplace there. The house has not been constructed that way because what could have been a simple job in and out in one day with a price tag of three to $5,000, it jumps to over 10 in many cases, which makes it that much more difficult for a consumer to get a fireplace. Next up is that this actually starts to build a culture of families that are not raised with fireplaces. And if you look at where's our industry going to be in 20 years, well, if people didn't grow up with a fireplace. They don't even know it's an option. And we already sell an obscure product category. This doesn't do anything to help us out. 
One thing I'll say, we mentioned this in the interview, and I'm just going to talk about it, that I've read articles that have come out in industry magazines kind of attacking, like, what's the problem of the of the incidence rate? And I've heard a lot of people blame these bigger manufacturers that offer builder-grade products. And they say, well, it's because they were putting these, you know, bad fireplaces in these houses for the last 30 years, and now people are sick of it. They think that fireplaces are only these, you know, cheap, grungy things, and shame on them. I think that couldn't be further from the truth. I think that there is some of the blame that those companies own. There is some of the blame that installing distributors own who should have been selling upgraded fireplaces to builders, but instead they took the easy way out since they it was easier to sell a you know a $600 fireplace than a $1,200 fireplace. They didn't sell the right products. And shame on the companies who make these amazing high-end products for not going out and doing the work to win over builders and architects. And so I, I say that to preface that we're all part of the problem, like myself included. We've all been a part of getting here. We can point fingers all we want, but it doesn't do any good. Now we need to do something about it. And I'm so excited to have TR and Jenny on because, I mean, they're biased, right? They work for HHT, but they're coming on this podcast saying to the industry, hey, we've got to do something about this, and I can't wait for you to hear the conversation. Even if you don't do new construction work, you need to be thinking about the things that they're going to talk about. And honestly, just for sales in general, this is going to be awesome if you do any type of work with builders or remodelers. I think that right now, the truth with our industry, when we look at the free fall and incidence rate, it's easy to think, well, that's not my problem. But I'm telling you, stop worrying about the paint on your fence when there is a hurricane headed for the entire village, because that is the situation that we're up against. I think there's going to be some amazing insight in this conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So I'm going to get out of the way, and we'll circle back and talk about it at the end. Joining me from Lakeville, Minnesota, are two return guests to the show, Tim Rethlake and Jenny Foreman. They are hailing from the bold north for a really important conversation today. How are you guys doing? Been great, Tim. Great. Thank you, Tim. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to have you both back on the show, and I, I think that this conversation is absolutely critical to get into. But before we do, TR, I heard that you have a word of the day for us. We do have word of the day, Tim. I just ran across this recently. The word of the day is a Norwegian word called Peacekos. P-E-I-S. Peacekos. P-E-I-S-K-O-S. I'd like to see this up on a poster in every dealer in the country. Peacekos, Norwegian word that means the feeling of well-being that's obtained from enjoying the warmth of a fireplace. And I think that along with life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, any American deserves the right to have a little peace coast in their life. I can't believe that's a word. Say that definition one more time. The feeling of well-being that's obtained from enjoying the warmth of a fireplace. I love it. Leave it to the cold-hearted Norwegians to have to come up with a, a noun that talks about the warmth they get from sitting around their hearth. 
<laughs> well, I feel like with, with where you guys are at in Minnesota, you guys are pretty much just as far north as the Norwegians, right? Uh, we probably are on a, on a very uh, very similar latitude. So it's, it's pretty. It's not bad today, but we do get some chilly weather here in the cold north. So we enjoy our, our fires. It's just not everybody in the country has the opportunity to, to enjoy a fire, which kind of is why we're all sitting around the table here today talking about this. Yeah, well, that's a good transition, TR. I, I want to jump in because I, I think that this conversation, like I mentioned, is really important. And it's, it's been something that we've talked about off and on over the last few years. And I know HHT has done a ton of work with, but to, to kind of give the big picture of this, we're going to be talking about the incidence rate of fireplaces being installed across the country. And there's a pretty serious problem with it. And I'd love to set you guys up to kind of paint the picture of where we are and just what we need to be doing about it. I'll go ahead and take it from here and and lay out the kind of the scope of the problem, starting with really what is incidence rate, just for any of the listeners who might not know. So incidence rate refers to the number of homes that uh, receive a fireplace versus the total number of homes built. IR incidence rate 10 years ago was about 55 in every 100 homes got a fireplace. The scary part of that is that today, only 43 of those homes get a fireplace. And that decline has been consistent over the last 10 years. So anywhere from one and a half to two and a half points on an annual basis in that decline uh, impacts not only our ability to sell fireplaces into a new home market, but also has the risk of severely impacting our replacement markets, you know, 5, 10, 15 years from now, when fewer homes have a fireplace installed in them. So it's a big, big deal. And then I'm going to turn it over to him here and just to talk a little bit more about the widespread, you know, how it how it's affected us across you know, price points and housing types and whatnot, because it's, uh, it's across pretty much every sector of the new home business. Thanks, Jen. Actually, it, it's, I think, Tim, what, you and I just talked about this in the past. I think one of the myths about incidence rate is that it's only something that affects the entry-level segment of the market. And this data that, that Jenny was talking about is, is tracked by the U.S. Census Bureau. And so it's a roll-up of a county-by-county county reporting of housing starts. And so it's, it's fairly accurate data. It's not real timely. So it's a real lagging measure, not a leading measure. But when we start breaking the Census Bureau data out on incidence rate, we see incidence rate dropping across every type of home, whether it be entry level, move up one, move up two, or luxury. So even at the very high end of the housing market, where you would anticipate customer luxury homes having multiple fireplaces, some do, of course, about 10% of luxury homes have more than one fireplace. But we're seeing this decline across all areas of the housing stock. And then we also see it geographically in all of the reporting regions from the Census Bureau. And if you want to know how much of an impact it is, our estimate is that for every point of incidence rate that we lose as an industry, that equates to about $24 million in revenue at the distributor and the dealer level. So people that kind of shrug their shoulders and, you know, go, hey, I, I, I'm not seeing it in my market, I, I would suggest strongly you're just not looking hard enough because it's it's a problem in almost every market that we see. So here's my question, and maybe this is where we're, we're going to go next, but 
data like this 10 years ago being at 55% today being at 43 that that's a huge huge slide why haven't we been more proactive on this why is this catching us by surprise or is it well i think we thought we could reverse the trend initially and you know we've we've been watching it pretty closely well i would say for the last years um, had our eye on it pretty substantially but i think you see it start to turn, but instead, what we saw after the, the housing crisis hit in 2008, you know, we saw a lot of uh, factors come out of that. Things like, you know, builders really looking to reduce the cost of the homes that they were building, and so they took fireplaces from standard to an option inside the house, and then finally, now we even moved in some cases to not offered at all. And then we also saw the style of homes start to change. So. You know, you see more attached housing today. Um, we're seeing you know, smaller footprints out there. And that cost savings effort continues to lead the fireplace to be either an option or not really offered at all. So, Jenny, you're, you're talking about the impact that's had. And I want to tee you up to ask, how did we get here with this? I, I think you have to go back to 2008 to really talk about how it started. In 2008, when we had the housing crisis and the number of permits that were being drawn every year in the United States dramatically dropped. And when that happened and housing started to recover, it recovered first at a very slow rate. So it was sort of a double whammy. We were getting a lot fewer permits and we were starting to see the incidence rate go down. And I think that's maybe why it took years to recognize the impact it was having was because we were getting hit on both sides in the total amount of houses being built and the fireplace rate going in. So, so two big pieces. And in that recovery time frame, builders were really looking for ways to help more people get in the first home purchase and whatnot. And so they started to really evaluate where they could cut costs in the, in the new building process. And that's about the time that the the fireplace went from standard to an option within a, a new home. And eventually, in the last few years, we've seen it go even further from an option to not being offered at all. And that's been a real blow to the, the whole idea is uh, it's really taking us by surprise and, and having a, a negative effect on us overall. Yeah. So TR, you've you've kind of been boots on the ground with a lot of this. So you've seen the same thing, a fireplace is kind of going from standard to option and then and then trickling out even further. Yeah, we I have and and we have. We've we've had several members of APT here Tim that have been deployed in various roles uh, all of last year in key markets to to try and really get down and and peel the onion on on what's driving a lot of it and where we have a disconnect in communication is we'll meet with builders and builders will say, well, my, I'm not hearing anything from home buyers that they won't buy my home that doesn't have a fireplace. And in fact, what I'm hearing from home buyers is they don't, they don't really want a fireplace. And so <laughs> when we started going, why would that be? Because all the consumer research, we, and we just completed a, a big bunch of research just a couple of years ago, said the opposite of that, right? That seven out of 10 buyers do want a, a fireplace. And we go, why are the builders so misinformed? And so then we started looking at it and saying, well, what the home buyers are saying to the builder is, I don't want your fireplace because the builders have been specking, you know, they, they, they will buy the, and, and I, I love all the home builders I meet with. I, I love some of them more than others, but God bless their pointy little heads. They, they will go to the lowest common denominator if, if they can. And so they will buy the entry level 
product that we supply, regardless of whether that's an entry-level home or a move-up. So when a buyer, buyers are too smart today, Tim, you know, how many of your episodes have you had guests on and talked about the transparency the internet brings? And so they're, they're too smart. They, they know what fireplace, good fireplace design looks like today. And they're not seeing that in a model home because the builders haven't upgraded it. And the second thing that happened is that when fireplaces became optional, and this is our fault as an industry, we did not do a good job of coaching and teaching the builders on what resale price of an optional fireplace should be. And, and they need to be somewhere in the ballpark of what an aftermarket retail tag would be on adding a fireplace to a home. So what would a dealer sell a, a fireplace system for installed into a home? The builder needs to be somewhere in that ballpark because consumers can research that. And if they can go out there and find that they can get a dealer to put a fireplace in aftermarket for six or $7,000, and the builder is putting a $15,000 option price on that fireplace, Consumers are just too smart for that today, and they're and they're not gonna, they're, they're not going to stand for that. And then some of the other headwinds are coming at us, uh, Tim, just just because of some market conditions. You know, Jenny mentioned single family attached. Uh, again, this is a cost play by the builder, higher density to try and keep costs down. So when you start having attached single family, now you have common walls. Now you're challenged to get venting out. There's more starts on an annualized basis south of the Mason-Dixon line than north. So if you're in southern tier climates, you know, a builder probably can make an easier story about selling a home without a fireplace if you're in South Florida. And then we talked about affordability. Entry-level starts are becoming a larger share of the pie of all of home building. So the entry-level segment is the one that's kind of gaining ground because that's where the demographic of home buyers are as the millennials are kind of passing through the housing market here. So there's there's a lot of, of headwinds that are at us, not to mention some of the things. I know, Jenny, we were talking about some of the things in the headlines recently about some of the regulations that we're seeing. Yeah, I think as uh, as earlier, as late as uh, just a few days ago, we saw that San Francisco, the city of San Francisco, was the newest uh, city on the list of banning natural gas in new and, and large remodels in their city core. So that's going to be uh, added to the list of already a number of cities across the nation. I'd like to say it's all in California, but it's not all in California. Berkeley, I think, was the leading city that that went with the banned natural gas concept about six months ago. But then we saw it jump all the way over into Massachusetts in the city of Brookline, Massachusetts. Uh, and so we're seeing it spread more and more. I think there are eight cities on the, on the eastern coast now that are considering going to natural gas bans. So we're facing some regulatory pressures around being able to get natural gas into new housing developments along the way. And that's you know, presenting some new unique challenges for the industry, which is really going to force us all to consider what other options we have on getting fireplaces or fire features into people's homes. So, and one other thing, just as we're talking about it, I was, I was saying about this earlier, in addition to the, you know, the attached housing, there's fewer walls. There's also the competition for the wall with the TV. It used to be, you know, you had your standalone console big TV, and now you've got a big, beautiful flat screen you want to put on the wall, and, and that's competing with the fireplace for one of those rare open walls in a home that you can uh, get a fireplace on. So that's a, another market impact that's really changed the nature of the, the business as well. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's important what you bring up because, man, when you look at the sliding incidence rate, all the trends that you talked about, Tim and, and Jenny talking about regulatory pressures, you know, this isn't a podcast to talk about regulatory pressures right now, but I, I truly believe, man, if we think we've been in a fight over wood burning regulations, just wait. I mean, I, I think that the next 10 years of our industry, it's going to be the fight for natural gas. And one of the big things that we have to show is that we are part of the solution. We are not trying to stop regulation. We have to come alongside and figure out how can we do this together. And I think that's going to be a big fight. Absolutely. Yeah. And and we are going to have to work together to, to make sure that we don't lose that, you know, that resource for energy. And, and that's going to be a challenge for all of us. We're really going to have to come together as an industry, I believe, to, to take on that battle. Yeah, I agree. Well, okay, so I want to ask you guys then, and, and Jenny, maybe this would be a good place to start. What do we need to do about this? I mean, we've painted the picture of the problem here, but where does the hearth industry go? Yeah, so I think first and foremost, I mean, we, we have to admit this brutal reality. I mean, we're an industry um, under attack, not just from the regulatory side, but kind of indirectly from the housing side as they continue to deselect, putting a, a highly desired feature like a fireplace into their home. I know that several months ago, there was a group of hearth manufacturers, I think there were 12 or 13 of them, that came here actually to Lakeville, Minnesota, and uh, got together and talked about the issue of incidence rate. And as a result of that gathering, these manufacturers did decide to come together through HPBA, our national trade organization, to put together a, a marketing group to work on identifying ways that we could go out and affect our ability to slow down and to reverse this trend in some key markets in the United States. And I think this joint approach with a variety of manufacturers through our national trade organization is going to really give us the opportunity to, to get this thing under control, if you will. And I think we have to believe that we can reverse the trend. I think part of the, part of the problem up to this point is thinking that yeah, one, I think a lot of us thought maybe it was going to just go down and stop on its own. Well, it's not. It's going to continue going down if we don't take proactive measures to try to turn it around. So I think believing in it and then working together as an industry is, is the first and most important step. You know, we've been doing some things in some of our own fireside, hearth, and home markets where we're really talking to builders and model home agents and and really working hard to make sure that we do have um, the right fireplace for the right homeowner as often as possible. And as Tim mentioned earlier, we know that seven out of 10 home buyers want a fireplace, and yet only four out of 10 of those are getting one. And so there's a, a significant gap there. There are three homeowners walking away or buying a home and not getting a fireplace, even though it's one of their most desired features. And so I think as long as we lead knowing that it's a desired amenity in a home, that um, that will help us all be able to believe that we can reverse the trend. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get back to our conversation with Tim Rethlake and Jenny Foreman in just one second. Hey, I want to run this scenario by you and tell me if it sounds familiar. You're in the middle of the busy season. Your installation teams are tapped out. Your salespeople are all overwhelmed. You're fielding calls from customers who are upset because they came into the showroom a week earlier, they still haven't gotten their bid, and they want to pull the trigger on a fireplace. 
Well, the truth is that this happens to every retail business year after year after year, and nothing has been done about it until now. And that's why I want to tell you about Wi-Fi. Now, this is something that I know you've heard about from the podcast, but we have just rolled out a version of Wi-Fi for the showroom that's an absolute game changer. Imagine if your team members, while they were working with a customer, could instantaneously produce customized estimate after estimate after estimate for those customers while they're there. So there's never a situation where anyone's waiting for a bid. What if you could give all that time back to your team? What if on top of that, the estimates to those customers had automatic follow-up mechanisms from the team member themselves to nurture the customer to the point of a sale. On top of that, when the customer actually goes to place the order, what if the team member was emailed a spreadsheet that gave quantities and part numbers for everything that's needed for that order? Well, if this sounds too good to be true, I'm telling you, it's not. You have to take advantage of using Wi-Fi in your showrooms. It's funny, as we were working on building this out, I did some tests where we needed to test the custom pricing mechanisms of Wi-Fi against the real thing. So I reached out to a retail company. We mapped out some different scenarios as if we were a retail customer. Their team member worked on pricing them out, and then I did the same thing in Wi-Fi. Well, for that team member, it took about six days to get me those estimates back because they're busy, they have things going on, and you know I'm not exactly at their top of mind awareness. But the truth is that happens to customers in the busy season. Now, once I got those estimates back, I had to compare it against my own within Wi-Fi. And guess how long it took me to do all those estimates? A minute and a half. And the prices lined up to be the same. So this is something that you can put to work right now to change your showroom experience, get more estimates out there, and buy back time for your team to be working and connecting with customers. Now, we've had registration closed for a number of months due to an influx of new customers, but we will be opening it back up soon. If you want on the waiting list, then you need to go to wifire.com and click the button that says sign up. That's wifire.com and click the button that says sign up. Well, okay, so here's something that I, I think about. I was reading in our industry, one of our industry magazines a few months ago, they were talking about incidence rate and they're making a huge deal out of it. And and I was thinking to myself, like, man, like, I mean, you're kind of 10 years too late. Like we should have been talking about this, you know, years and years ago, but basically in the article, it was extremely pessimistic, extremely negative. And basically the, the comment was that, well, it's the fault of manufacturers like HHT for selling these cheap builder boxes to the masses, and now people don't want fireplaces. And I got super frustrated reading it because it it put no responsibility on anybody outside of the manufacturer. And and I and I, and I look at this like you know different companies sell products that are intended for different markets. And HHT does an amazing job meeting, you know, a lot of those markets. And some of that is the entry level house. And I felt like there was a lot of unfair pressure that was put on manufacturers like HHT that sell into the entry level market when like, the truth is, I, I feel like manufacturers that sell, you know, maybe only high end or, or only, only, only products for custom built homes, they actually bear in the responsibility of this too, because they're not working with their builders on the value of their fireplaces. I, I, I feel like I, I was super frustrated reading that article. I, I think there is probably some kernel of truth to it. There, I think we are as manufacturers to blame to some degree, but 
On the other hand, as we said earlier, the incidence rates dropping across all housing segments, even the luxury and, and second move up. So it, it, to, to say that it's only because of, of the entry level stuff that's gone in is, is not accurate. And the, the main thing is the dealer or the distributor is the one that has the personal relationship with the builder. And so they're going to listen to to folks with with companies such as yours before they'll listen to us as a manufacturer. You're you're the connective tissue between us and and that home builder and and their buyer. So one of the things that we can do as manufacturers, we can continue to bring because we I, I did this firsthand last year and the role I had here. When you call a builder and say I have recent home buyer research, you can get that appointment. That builder will will listen to you. Here's the catch. You can't only be talking to the purchasing person at that builder. You've got to be talking to their sales and marketing teams because they're the ones that want to stay ahead of market on design and features of their homes because home, they, they have competitors as well, right? You don't every home builder, there's a competitor out there. So we've invested in consumer research. I would say the Napoleon Group, I think they've done a nice job with, with investing in, in consumer research and trying to get the message out, packaging it, getting it out there. But, you know, it's certainly like be good if, if other manufacturers can do it because distributors and dealers financially, you can't invest in consumer research. It's pretty, pretty pricey to do. So it's incumbent upon us as a manufacturer to supply that to you guys so that you can take that story and go tell it and educate a builder that, hey, Here's the right fireplace based on the type of buyer you told me you're building this home for. And then right, get the right fireplace for the right buyer, both in terms of design and in terms of construction budget. And, and, and then we have to take that extra step. And, and this is time consuming. It's not just go in and quote them and bid them and say, let me know if I'm low. That's not selling. That's not what this You have to coach the builder to say, and by the way, here's, with the fireplace you're putting in here, with the surround you're putting around it, here's the ballpark of where you better be on your option price. Because if the if your buyers shop you locally with a dealer, you're going to be exposed if you try and go much higher than that. So help them price that correctly. Help them be successful. And then the last point that we spent a lot of time doing was spending time with the builder's sales team. And that's whether that builder has an in-house sales team they use or whether they use independent realtors. Take the time to educate them because you're in sales. You know as well as I do, you won't bring anything up in front of a customer that you're not comfortable talking about, right? No one wants to look dumb in front of a customer. So if all that realtor is comfortable with is flooring and cabinets and lighting, well, guess what? That's the conversation that they're going to have with the buyer. But if we can educate them just a little bit, and, and we're not saying make them hearth experts, all we're saying is give them enough ammo that they're comfortable to talk about. Say, say give them, let them know that what does direct mean? Well, direct vent means good indoor air quality and good energy efficiency for your buyer. What does the fireplace do for the buyer? Well, it, it helps appraisal value and helps resale value. If you can get them to just know just those two nuggets, clean burning, energy efficient, good appraisal and resale value, they now sound like an expert in front of a buyer. It takes time to have that conversation and sell that way. But that's what dealers and distributors that want to successfully reverse incidence rate in their market, that's the price you have to pay in terms of time committed to do it. Well, and, and I want to piggyback on this because I, I think it's so important talking about educating your builders. And 
those are difficult conversations to have. I mean, just imagine if you're a builder sales rep and you've got someone that you finally won the account, but they're putting in these cheap fireplaces and you're just so happy you won the account that you don't actually talk to them about the fact that it's the wrong fireplace for their house. And I I go back to what you said, TR. I think you said this on Bradley Hartman's podcast one time that if you're going to pick up one end of the stick, you better pick up the other end too. And I feel like just I'm thinking back to this article I'm reading in this industry magazine that it, that if you're going to be a retailer that's blaming manufacturers for entry level fireplaces, well, picking up the other end of the stick is realizing that, that if you're selling new construction, you're educating your builders because it, it's a two way street that you can complain all you want about cheap fireplaces going in, but how often do you take the easy route of just selling what's simple as opposed to challenging the builder to do the right thing so that ultimately it pays off for them and their customer? Yep, hundred percent. Well, so with that, then I, I want to ask you guys too. So, like, so these are things that we can do. We can be realizing that homeowners want these things, so we have to educate builders. We have to educate people in the model homes that are working. We have to educate them on how to price it. You know, what else can our industry do as we're thinking about this new challenge that we have? I think a big piece, and I think what the industry can really focus on, in addition to the builder side, is really driving the desire, driving the demand for fireplaces from the through the home buyer themselves. So you know, we have an opportunity to start messaging out using, you know, social channels and whatnot, the value that a fireplace brings to your home. And I don't mean the value in terms of dollars, but the benefits it brings you to creating that home environment, giving you a place to to gather with your family and your friends, creating that warmth, giving you that ambiance, and really making it a home special. I think uh, Frank Lloyd Wright said the fireplace is the heart of the home. And somewhere along the way, I think home, home buyers, even though they know they want a fireplace, they've forgotten maybe why. And so the ideal state would be that we could message out by a a variety of channels, whether social or through realtors and whatnot, that, that we can go out and actually get home buyers to tell the builder that they want a fireplace in their home. So really coming at it from the other direction. And then there's also the opportunity to really be influ- using influencers like realtors and architects and designers out there to start getting them to spec and to to recommend and and add the fireplace in as they're talking to home buyers and builders out there. So several different audiences that we can go after that I think when combined with efforts toward working with the builders directly, it can have a significant impact on helping us reverse the trend. Absolutely. Well, okay, I want to ask you this then. What what would you say to the dealer or the manufacturer that says I'm not worried about incidence rate. Who cares? I'll get it on the remodel. Well, I would say uh, it won't take long for your remodel business to dry up if we don't get incidence rate turned around. You know, Jenny mentioned earlier about the the competition we have with TVs and smaller print homes because of affordability, more windows in those homes because windows are now more efficient than they've ever been. So a builder can take a small footprint home, make it appear big with a lot of glass in it and still meet energy code. All of those things reduce the the physical wall space to put a fireplace. So if that fireplace isn't designed in when that home plan is being drawn, it's going to be really challenging to try and find physical space for it afterwards. And then if you happen to be in a southern market where you're on slab construction and not basement, 
well, good luck trying to get a gas line run over to the other end of a house. Just it's it's going to be an uphill battle. It's it's much easier to look at replacement or upgrading an existing fireplace that was in that home when it was constructed and do that several years later than to try and and create something where nothing existed in the first place. Absolutely. And and I think that this is one of those spaces too, where we got to think hard about electrics. I mean, you know, it's funny, uh, in, I think it was a couple months ago in the Hearth and Home magazine, Napoleon ran a a big campaign for electric fireplaces and they interviewed dealers all over the country and they had anonymous comments from each state. And I'm not joking. I don't know if you guys read this, but like almost every single comment was, I hate electric fireplaces. They're not valuable. They don't work. They're low margin. It was every reason in the book why not to sell electric. And Tim, I'm going to go back to a class that you taught about six months ago that I was in. And and you were talking to the group and you said, guys, we've run the numbers and we have found out that every single time the margin on a house that has an electric fireplace versus the margin on a house that has zero fireplace is way higher. I mean, the truth is that we have to get behind electrics. It's, it, it, we ran the numbers a hundred ways. It's 50 and 60% higher than the house with no fireplace, Tim. It's incredible. <laughs> well, I think, I think the other important note about electric is also when you look at the younger home buyers that are, you know, moving up generationally, the, the millennials and, and, and whatnot, who didn't grow up with the traditional fireplace maybe in their house or a, you know, a wood stove, something that where they really enjoyed and, and had a fire throughout their lifetime. But now I think just the view of the fireplace more as art within the home and electric certainly gives you that opportunity to attract some of those younger buyers, I think, and give them something that they consider more of a piece of art as opposed to providing the, the warmth that we've historically thought of. But we all have our own paradigms about what the fire feature in a home is meant to look like. And uh, our paradigms may not be right for everyone. So it's a great opportunity, I think, for all of us to think outside our normal thought process on what a fireplace looks like. We're going to, as an industry, we're going to need to be looking at how can we start to overcome some of these uh, market restraints and, and new challenges that are being put toward us and come up with creative ways to, you know, redesign, re-engineer, uh, look for new technologies, new sources of energy, you know, anything that we can do to really help us in this changing marketplace and with the changing demographics of the home buyers. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Jenny. Well, okay, so closing us out, Tim, can you give a word to our industry? So p- if people are listening to this and they're thinking, man, I've never even thought about incidence rate, where do I where do I start? So so can you give a word to people just asking where where is the starting point for what I can do today? Yeah, good good question. I, I think even even with the headwinds we talked about how how bad or the challenges ahead of us on trying to reverse incidence rate, any market you want to go to, you can still find home builders that are doing a good job. They they understand the connective tissue emotionally between a fire and their buyer. And so if, you know, perhaps use them as your poster child in your market, take pictures of what they're doing in their model homes or in their recent home, and then use that to go to the builders that are, you know, basically building maybe that move up home or something without a fireplace where the buyer really does deserve it and use the market to bring pressure, right? If we go in and say, hey, you need to be using more fireplaces, the builder goes, well, of course you say that you're in that business. But if we can bring use 
what's going on in the marketplace and examples of builders that are doing a good job and go to the builders that don't have it. It, it also starts with understanding your role for you and your sales team is if you're not telling the story in the market, nobody else is going to. Nobody's going to tell your story for you. And, and if we can't can't be you know disciples of our own industry here and out preaching a little bit about the benefits, both emotionally and financially, to including a, a fire feature. And and I, I like Jenny's choice of words, fire features, fire art, words have meaning. Get builders, architects, designers to look at our category differently. And we can only do that if we begin to look at it differently. Yeah. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I think that this conversation is super, super relevant for where we're at. And I know our audience is going to get a ton of value out of it. So thanks. Yeah, yeah Tim, thanks for, the, thanks for the opportunity. And we wish you much peace coast today. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you guys later. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Tim Rethlake and Jenny Foreman. Anytime I get a chance to talk to either of them, I walk away feeling smarter. So I hope the same is true for you. Now, this idea of incidence rate first came up in the podcast, I believe back in season one in our episode with VP Berger from HHT. And I'm telling you that there's more and more companies that are on board with an understanding of how critical this issue is now. And it's been cool to see the olive branch being extended in certain situations where companies are starting to work together to tackle this, but it's only a few companies. It's not the whole industry at large. I'm putting out a call to action right now that if you work for a manufacturer or distributor, you need to send an email to someone at a different company and say, how can we work on this together? If you work for a dealer in your market and you do any kind of new construction work, reach out to a competitor and say, what can we do to grow our industry? What can we do to start representing ourselves in the Builders Association, in the Remodelers Association? This is something that we have to take seriously if we are going to move the needle forward. One thing I think about is, as I'm recording this very recently, Hearth and Home Magazine, just out of nowhere announced that they're shutting their doors. And I'm, I'm looking around thinking like, that's actually a, a big deal. Because this magazine is something that was really the rallying cry for our industry. That if you were going to learn about new products, if manufacturers had a message to get out, and if you wanted to discover how to get better, this has really been the place to do it for the last 40 years. And what we don't want to have happen is a situation where all of a sudden, on a whim, fireplaces are gone, where the HPBA is gone, because we haven't been paying attention to the things that are needed. And I, I just say that as a word of caution, that it is so important that we work together. As I sit on the national board for the HPBA, there are good people from a lot of different companies that are trying to lead the charge but it takes more than a group of you know 12 to 20 people in a room. It takes an entire industry. And if you're listening to this and you're fed up with being tight-fisted, you're fed up with not being able to reach out to people for help, this is the time to do something about it. And in whatever way you want to start to build those bridges, I'm telling you it's going to pay off. One of the things that a lot of our industry has misunderstood is that Sharing information is a superpower. It truly is. As I've personally done this podcast and have just tried to be an open book on, hey, here's what's working. Here's what you need to do to grow. 
I'm telling you, it has been a superpower where it has made me better. It's expanded reach. It's put me in touch with people and given me credibility that I never would have had if I would have been tight-fisted and trying to hold on to everything myself. I know if you listen to this and you're a parent, if you're a coach, if you're a teacher, you know that this is true. So as we end this episode today, I'm telling you, extend the olive branch. Who is someone that you can start to have a dialogue with to mutually get better in our industry? It's the only way that we're going to overcome this. Now, with all that said, if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you want to support it financially, you can go to the website, patreon.com slash it's fire time. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash it's fire time. Anything that you want to contribute goes towards the administrative costs of this podcast so we can keep the level of content as high as possible. And we are so thankful to every single one of you that's making any kind of a contribution. It means the world and we don't take it lightly. So with all of that in mind, we are going to put a wrap on this episode. I'm thankful to you guys for listening to it. I can't wait to see what you go out and do this week. And we will talk to you again very soon. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. I'm all in to burn. 